Hello, it is Thursday, November 21st, 2019. We got a good one for you. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek, our favorite ticket buying platform. Not only because it's been our number one sponsor since the beginning of time and since we became a small business, but also because they look out for you whenever you're trying to buy a ticket to a live event. They scan all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for the best tickets available. You want to go to a sporting event? They got your back. You want to go to a concert? They got your back. You want to go to a play? They got your back. Comedy? They got your back. Anything that has tickets, SeatGeek has the best tickets for you at the best prices. And right now, use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Wow, that's crazy, Pat. I know, but how about this one? Use promo code MAC if you get $20 off your first order. Holy shit. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek. We've tried to get tickets from other people, and it's a nightmare of a situation. I'll never forget the day that I forgot to get my tickets from our friends at SeatGeek. It was a day that I dreaded. It was a catastrophe. And everything will be heavenly whenever you buy your tickets from our friends at SeatGeek. The tickets that you buy are the tickets that you get. You're not getting catfished. You're getting a memory that will last forever. Also, Luke Belair is a family-owned, independent brand in a world of corporate giant douchebags. Their French bubbly is delicious and drinkable for any occasion, a night out, a dinner party, or any occasion you want to make feel extra special. A family of six-generation winemakers oversee the production of each bottle. Luke Belair is truly for everyone. It's right for any drinking occasion. Luke Belair's award-winning French bubblies pair well with any meal and taste amazing on their own. There's a range of flavors with Luke Belair. Luke Belair has four unique blends, the number one French rosé in America. Hello. Plus Lux Gold and Lux Rosé. Each bottle is crafted with taste and tradition in mind. You can enjoy Luc Belair during a night out, a dinner party, or any occasion you want to make feel extra special. Whenever we complete a week at the office, what do we do? Pop a bottle. Pop a bottle. When you're popping bottles, life is good. And when you have that thing, taste your lips. Nope. Touch your lips. It's a celebration in your mouth as well. Not only outside when you're popping bottles, but in your mouth it's a celebration because how delicious this French bubbly is. Right now, I want you all to experience Luke Belair and love it as much as we do. So I've arranged for all the listeners of this show to get 30% off their first order by going to LukeBelair.com slash Pat. That's L-U-C-B-E-L-A-I-R-E.com slash P-A-T for 30% off your first order. LukeBelair.com slash Pat. Listen, it's the holiday season's coming up. There's a lot to celebrate. You're alive. You're thriving. You have no idea when this whole thing's going to end. We have no control over it. Might as well celebrate this holiday season. And the best way to celebrate is by popping bottles. And when you pop bottles and it also tastes delicious, not only is it a celebration outside, but it's a celebration inside your mouth with our friends at Luke Belair. LukeBelair.com slash Pat. 30% off your first order. We are joined now by a pro bowler, an all-pro, a man who spent 13 years with the Buffalo Bills, an LSU Tiger. Go Tigers. Kyle Williams. <laughs> Yo, what's up? How are you, man? What is with the mood music at the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we can we can only use hack music because we didn't pay for copyright stuff. So every it's, like, it's, like, it's like the swankiest house music I've ever seen or ever heard. It's amazing. What type of music does Kyle Williams from Louisiana, who played D tackle for the Buffalo oh. Bills, listen to? 
You know, you know, I, I, I'm such an eclectic soul. It, it would be hard to explain to you. But my rendition of All Eyes on Me is top oh, notch. I'm Ooh, really? Let me hear it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure. We have, were you, have you have you ever heard the saying, "What you do well, don't do for free"? I'm, I'm that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I can respect it. Okay, you do All this right. very well, by the way, and I have no idea what we're paying, but I'm excited to get to it. Colin Kaepernick. Okay. I'm assuming that you have a thought about it. You, I'm not sure if you've given it anywhere. I'll tell you mine. I wish for one day he would have just played by the NFL's rules. I wish for just one day he would have set everything aside, went in there, and if the NFL screwed him in the end, if they screwed him in the end, then he can even say, like, hey, I did well. They're obviously doing it. He even builds his case even more. That's what I wish would have happened. Instead of now the narrative is, ha, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to play at all. He doesn't want to do that. How do you feel about the whole thing? Yeah, I, I think the thing is, if you, if you live in the real world, how many times can you change your job interview site, do your own interview, and then when you're done, you know, go after the organization that you're interviewing for? <laughs> yeah, it, it, just, it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, as I'm sure it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to him either. You know, I'm sure he thinks he's doing the right thing. We all have a different perspective. It, it's just at this point, it's just become such a – such a fiasco it's it's just it's out of control i agree i'm with you i think everybody by the way with a sane mind is on the same page here they think yeah something probably did a lot of shady things probably did happen for a long time in this particular case could have back got back on the right step didn't do so who knows what's gonna happen next who cares let's move forward monday night football chiefs chargers that grass and i was talking about i think there's different styles of grass there's grass that's supposed to be for golf soccer football they said they had soccer turf in there last night i think we saw the effects of that with bigger bodies and people on the ground a little bit more it looked like it could have been a little slip and slide fest how does that affect people and who does it affect the most well it depends really i think and you know you've been around the game you see big guys and you see such big fast guys and how they tear grass and turf and everything up i mean you know you can hear the just the ground literally tearing apart and when you get a field like that i mean it, it there become potholes for big guys for little guys you know obviously the guys carrying the ball i think are affected the most but when you know when you have a sure-footed guy it can come to your advantage yeah i think about playing in the snow a couple of years ago against the colts with shady mccoy i mean he was He's unbelievable. He's electrifying in general. Then you put him in the snow, and it's like he doesn't lose a step. It, it was amazing to watch. So, you know, I think the, the cream always rises to the top no matter how poor the field is. Oh, great line there. Speaking of Shady, you said last night in, uh, you said in the snow he was great. Last night scores a touchdown after a load management week off last week. How do you feel about LaShawn, not only as a football player, but as a teammate, and also this forward-thinking mindset from Andy Reid, like, hey, I'm going to rest a guy who might be a little bit later in his career, who's at a position we need later on down the road. How do you feel about all of that? Well, I, I've got a couple of things. I, I think Shady was a fantastic teammate. Uh, I think one of the things is, you know, perception isn't always reality, right? So you see a guy who's in Philly who has some trouble there. We end up trading for him. We get him in Buffalo. Really don't know what to expect. But, you know, Shady was all work, all business, great teammate, a lot of fun to be around. We used to argue nonstop, but in a loving way. You know, it, it was it, it was it was a lot of fun to be on a team with him. And as far as the load management stuff, you know, there's a handful of coaches that I need to get in hold of and be like, hey, what the hell's your problem? <laughs> I, I don't I don't really I don't really understand why you didn't get with the program and figure this out. 
you know i don't i don't get it you know maybe maybe i could have hung in there for five or six months more i don't know <laughs> did you run out of gas there at the end like your truck's currently doing right now or what <laughs> we lost him he's dead we lost you hold on we lost you river and you're back and, hold on um, we, we lost you there what you say to let a truck go by so i didn't want to get everybody all distracted out of sorts He's getting out of his truck now. The Bluetooth has just transferred over to his phone. We lost that's him right. there for a second, but he is out here saving lives. No doubt. Look at this. I mean, that's an 18-wheeler, bub. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Look, wild blue yonder. Look. Hey, I bet you've never done this before on the Pat McAfee show. Go to all corners of the country, son. <laughs> well, he is on a dirt road right now out in the middle of nowhere. I have no idea how we are currently FaceTiming. I don't know how there's service if out I there. Can, if, I can, if I can be totally honest with you, I totally forgot we were supposed to talk today, and then I got a text message this morning like, hey, don't forget about this. I'm like, oh, no. So I had to drive to the levee of the Mississippi River. I'm literally on the levee of the Mississippi River talking to Pat McAfee. I mean, life is good, right? <laughs> where else? Where were you? Where did you have to drive from? Uh, from my, uh, my hunting camp here on the river. I've got a place here that I fish and duck hunt and do a bunch of different things on so i was there doing some work you know retired life i don't know what day it is you know, so I'm out here doing my thing <laughs> have you heard ducky hodges the steelers backup quarterback who should be the starter a lot of people are saying have you ever heard him do a duck call and do you can you keep up with that no, I, ha I haven't heard him, but, you know, I'm okay. I don't have my duck calls on me, but oh. you know, I, can, I can do it well. I'm sorry I don't, I, I don't get, get your competition in for you, but I haven't heard it. All right. Well, before we let you get back to the middle of nowhere doing your things in retirement life, by the way, Tuesday, November 19th right now, <laughs> Tuesday, November 19th, um, how do you feel about the Buffalo Bills? They look like a good team. The AFC as a whole looks like one where a lot of teams could potentially get going here. Now, the Patriots, 9-1, and one, their offensive struggled. Let's assume they'll figure it out. But the AFC kind of looks wide open, and this is a year the Bills' defense looks like they're legit. Yeah, I think, you know, as seasons go, you know, there's always struggles offensively, defensively as a team. You kind of hit peaks and valleys. And, you know, the teams that always seem to stick together, they always seem to figure it out. You know, that's the reason I always say, hey, the Patriots are going to figure it out. They may be having their struggles right now, but, you know, they're going to hit their stride and they're going to get rolling here before the playoffs. And I kind of look for the, the Bills to do the same thing. They've had some defensive woes, looked like they shored them up last week. You know, Josh has strung a few good games together. And I know that Sean McDermott is preaching continual growth, daily growth. Let's just get better. Let's not worry about, hey, tomorrow, who we got, what we're doing. Let's say, hey, you know, today I'm going to get better. This play, I'm going to get better. And then we're just going to stack those on top of each other. And it, it's such a, a coach speak type thing, right? You know, people roll their eyes. They're like, but it's truly the only way to get better. I mean, it's the only way to progress as a team. So I'm excited about where the Bills are. They've got a tough stretch, you know, but they've got some good home games. You know, they still got the Ravens left. They got to go to New England again. But um, I think they're going to play well down the stretch, and I think they can make a run. John, is that couple that you married still married up there? Yeah, I actually saw him at a speaking engagement I had in Rochester and noticed him in the crowd and asked him how the honeymoon went. So, you know, we're hanging strong on a month. It's the longest wedding that I've done. They've stuck together. So, we're <laughs> doing pretty good. Kyle, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Super Bowl, man. You know, the way the Ravens are playing right now, I don't know that anybody would want to play those guys. As a D-tack, okay, so hold on. D-line, this is a big test. Lamar Jackson, keeping him contained almost seems impossible. Is that, impossible. Is that impossible. what people have to do? How do you stop that? Well, you know, so it's a, it's a double-edged sword. 
all right, guys, we got to stop the run. Well, you got to get after the quarterback. Well, well, don't go over there because he'll he'll go over here if you go over there, and then you have to do this, and you and then you're like, well, you didn't get any pressure on him. And I'm like, you know what? Jump off a freaking bridge. You go do it. <laughs> uh, you know, playing against a guy like that. You know, I played against Michael Vick. I never played against Lamar, but I played against Michael Vick, and just knowing, you know, you're sitting in film room Tuesday through Friday, and you're just you're just doing this. You're like, oh my. God, you know, but I, I just kind of I lean on the saying like, hey, shoot or shoot, man, if you're going to play, I'm going to play the way I know how to play. I'm going to be aggressive and I'm going to get after you. And what happens happens. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die rowing my boat the way I want to row it. Do you think people try to change the way they play for Lamar and that eventually bites him in the ass? I think that people are fear, fearful of how to play him. So they may change some of the things that they do. And when you start getting away from doing what you do and doing it well, that's when you see big plays and things happen and coaches come up, well, we just did it. We couldn't do anything with him. You know, you try to do too much. What – everybody's saying that Lamar, if he can stay healthy, is going to be – if he can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy. Is there anything in your mind that makes you think that Lamar is going to be able to stay healthy for the long haul? Maybe not just this year, but for five, six years? No, just because of the track record of uh, his style of quarterback. You yeah. know, I mean, it just – it always seems like something happens. Because I can tell you as a defensive player – you have a guy that uh, that can do what he can do. When he gets out of the pocket and he's running, he's a runner. So guys are going to hit him. They're going to put bodies on him. And that just kind of takes its toll over time. And, and the the track, rest, track record of injuries in the NFL is 100%. doesn't matter what position you play, you're going to get hurt. And especially if you're as exposed to as much as he's going to be exposed to. That's why they didn't have me run the ball a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know that, but here's what's crazy to me, and, and, and all the credit in the world goes to Coach Harbaugh. You go from a, a quarterback like Joe Flacco, pocket style, drop back, and he's able to recognize what he has in that guy and adapt their offense to suit him. If you watch, and I, I'm an option football junkie. I absolutely love it. I mean, my favorite game of the year is coming up is uh, Army-Navy. Army, Navy. I love it. Yeah. The service academy is playing triple option. I'm eating up with it. But the way <laughs> they've adapted their scheme, the way that Coach Harbaugh's coached it and allowed him to play the way that he's played, I mean, I mean, coach of the year. I mean, the thing that he's been able to do to adapt a total offense to what he does. Why do you love the option just because it's meathead football? Meathead football, it, it's precision football. It's precision football. <laughs> I agree. There's, I mean, I, there's a lot of I decisions being made. Very more meatheaded than grabbing a football and go. Oh, I'm going to kick it really far. <laughs> <laughs> we called a we called a Navy game earlier in the year, and we sat down with the offense coordinator. I forget his name. Good man. He he did the entire thing. He's like, here's your here's your uh, run key. Here's your pitch key. Here's the whole thing. There's decisions being made. Like in, in half and in eighths of seconds. Yes. In a split second. I think that's what's great about it. You make defenses play um, organized assignment football, and when you get a guy like that that just has more than your guys on the team, like, hey, we're going to figure out ways to get him in one-on-one -on -one matchups. And the NFL is all about matchup. We get this guy in a one-on-one -on -one matchup, we're going to win 95% of the time. Good for Harbaugh. Good for the Ravens. And by the way, good for you about to get back to your hunting camp. Good luck out there. We Worked out, brother. Look at this. I mean, <laughs> good grief. Does it get any better? Sun shining. What's, I mean, geez, man. What's the temperature down there? 
it's like 65 degrees. It's perfect. Oh. I, I can't believe I got reception, to be honest with you. I got that text this morning. I was like, oh, Jesus, God, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. There's no way I thought that this was going to last, especially whenever we saw you early in the truck. Now that I know you're out in the middle of nowhere, enjoying the hell out of your life, giving great football synopsis. I can't thank you enough. 13-year NFL vet, all pro, Buffalo Bill D-tackle, Kyle Williams. Thank you, Kyle. Got it, guys. Hey, hey, get your shotgun out. Ready? Turn that thing up. That's pretty close. Any ducks coming around? Any ducks? There's actually a few down there on the water. They were actually quacking earlier. I started laughing, but they're going away now. They flew off when you guys started on it. Hang up on Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Have a good one. All right, boys. Talk soon. See ya. Just out there in the middle of nowhere. What day is it? <laughs> <laughs> you, there was an 18-wheeler hauling ass on a dirt road. Like, dirt coming up behind it. It was like it was a movie there for a second. Go for Kyle Williams. Great synopsis, by the way. I have a lot of stuff there. A lot to digest. <laughs> Joining us now is a man from Notre Dame. Notre Dame. An all-pro, pro bowler, a two-time captain of the Minnesota Vikings, tight end who's been bowling out the last few weeks in his entire career, Kyle Rudolph. Thanks for having me, Pat. Kyle, who was Lizzo dating in that <laughs> locker room? We're still trying to figure it out. So I, I had some intel. My wife is like determined to figure out who the new man on the Minnesota Vikings was. And uh, I guess in her show at Detroit, she said that he was from Detroit. So one of our other tight ends is from Detroit. Ooh, and I, I had to whoa. go immediately. And he said, no, it's not him. So um, still, I'm still searching. Well, I, I, as soon as you find out, please let the world know that has <laughs> been something we've been wondering about for a long time. Something else we've been wondering about with the Minnesota Vikings is, are you guys for real or not? And what happened was early in the year, you guys struggled a little bit. Then a massive public thing happened, a ma but which, by the way, no NFL team likes. That, that is, anytime anything gets outside the locker room, nobody likes. Since then... You guys have been on a terror, yourself included. That offense has absolutely changed. What happened whenever all that happened behind closed doors that made you guys flip a switch and become this offensive juggernaut? Well, I think, you know, when, when you're sitting at two and two through four weeks of the season, our two losses being on the road in the division, um, you know, you know how this game goes. Yeah. If, if you can just steal like one game on the road in the division and, and win your home games, you're going to be really happy sitting at four and two in the division. Um, but at that point in the year, we were two and two, uh, weren't meeting expectations uh, offensively. We did not play well in Chicago against the Bears. And uh, guys are just frustrated. You know, when, when you win games, it seems to cure all the frustrations. And when you lose games, those frustrations boil over. And uh, that was just the case of simply, you know, not being as good as we thought we could be. And, you know, obviously you, you prefer to keep those things in-house, but, you know, they, they became public. And, um, you know, it didn't mean that we weren't going to address them. And, you know, now we've, we've gone on a nice run and we're sitting where we wanted to be going into the bye week. Winning cures all in the NFL. That is just the way it goes, both inside the building and outside. In, in the city, by the way. Like, people that think things about the team will change them if you win, even though those things still exist. But for you guys, it's appeared to be a complete transformation of that offense. And in the last couple of weeks, you've been a main focal point of this offense. You had one of the most beautiful catches I ever did see in the back of the end zone. You're becoming a weapon in this offense with Dalvin Cook moving, Stephon Diggs, you get going – Thielen's out. What is the offense capable of whenever you guys have all your pieces in place? 
Well, that's. I think we we feel like we're extremely tough to defend when we're balanced. Uh, the big key for us on offense is staying ahead of the chains. You know, when we get backed up and it's first and 20 or we're in third and longs and, you know, we, we can't run the football on third down or, you know, we're, we're throwing the ball, we're in two minute. Uh, that's not how we're built. You know, we need to run the football. And we feel like we have one of the best running backs in the game. And, and Dalvin's showing that this year healthy for the first time for a full year. And it's fun to watch him run. It's fun to block for him. Uh, and then on the outside, you know, we've got two of the best receivers in football. Uh, we have three tight ends that can make plays. Uh, we just feel like we have so many pieces that we force you to defend as a defense when we're not handicapped by down and distance. Okay, so the thing that everybody was talking about potentially handicapping you was primetime television with Kirk Cousins. Then you guys go into Jerry World and get a monstrous win. Then... Primetime Kirk Cousins was born. He got a monkey off of his back that everybody else was talking about outside the building that I'm assuming he heard. He had to have. He doesn't live Mm -hmm. under a rock. Then you guys, for the first three quarters against the Broncos, look like you're dining out, and then whenever you need to make a play, you, Kirk Cousins, and everybody can flip on that switch. What happened for the little bit early there? Did you guys just come out sleeping, or were the Broncos really taking it to you guys? Well, I think one of the things that gets overlooked oftentimes in this league, people have a hard time looking past records, and we knew it all week. You know, facing this Denver team that was 3-6, and six, uh, statistically, you're like, this is one of the best defenses in football, and if you just look at their record, you're not going to see that. But, you know, this was a team that we didn't take lightly. Um, you know, they came out and played well in the first half. We did some things, like I said, shooting ourselves in the foot, penalties, um, we finally hit a big play to Diggs in like the second or third drive, and we ended up going back on a holding penalty, being second and 20. So just little things that kept sputtering out drives. And then at halftime, you're down 20 to nothing. Uh, we got the ball coming out knowing that, look, if we go down and score a touchdown, we make this 20 to 7. Now we got a ball game. And we knew we'd have to play near perfect football in the second half to, to come back from that deficit, and we ended up scoring I believe four drives in a row and getting a huge stop at the end of the game from our defense. What's Kirk Cousins like whenever you guys are down? What's his uh, body language? Is he saying anything? Is he more as a do as I do, not as I say guy? What's he like in those situations? He doesn't say a whole lot. Um, You know, he's just kind of quiet and confident. And um, at that point, when you're in the locker room and you're down 20 to nothing, there's not a whole lot to be said. (laughs) Hey, guys, let's go, guys. Hey, let's go, guys. Yeah, like no one likes that guy running around the locker room, you know, hooting and hollering, saying like, hey, guys, we need to go. It's like, no shit. We're down 20 to nothing. Um, So I just think we had a group, a confident group that knew what happened in the first half. Yes, you got to give Denver credit. They have a great defense. But a lot of it had to do with us shooting ourselves in the foot. And then we go out there and, um, you know, against statistically one of the best red zone uh, touchdown percentage teams on defense score four straight touchdowns okay coach zimmer seems to be an old school hard ass i've never played for him i've never really met him what is he like as a coach and has he changed since that whole kumbaya thing you guys had to have behind closed doors and winning cures all since then has he adapted at all or has he always been the same guy uh you know zim came in here it's it's hard to believe that he's been here for six years now and um you know when he came in it was his way or the highway and it really still is um 
but he, you know, he he did. He had that old school mentality, and and he grinded us. And at this point now, um, being with most of this core group of guys for the last six years, um, this year in particular, uh, he he's kind of softened up on us a little bit. You know, more from a, a grinding us down. Yeah. Um, our practice, we're not in full pads every Wednesday anymore. Um, you know, he's all about kind of getting us fresh for Sundays, knowing that, you know, we're not all in our first, second, third years in the league anymore. We got a lot more guys that are in seven, eight, nine, ten, and um, we need to be fresh on Sundays. And uh, he's more worried about us just being assignment sound, knowing what we got to do and going out and playing well. That was interesting to hear you say that, because when I came into the league, it was the last third of the decade of dominance that the Colts had and Jim Caldwell's big message was like listen we're going to be the freshest fastest most disciplined team on the field so if that means we got to cut off some periods on Wednesday or Thursday we're completely okay with doing that you can't do that with a younger team you could do that with an older team I didn't even think about that with the Vikings you guys have a very veteran-led team yeah and like I said when when coach Jim first got here you, you look at our roster and you know most guys that were out there playing were six years or less and and now you look at our roster and this core that we've had together for the last six years now you have everybody five to ten years in the league so it is a, a much more veteran presence team and um coach Zim has a saying that if if he takes care of us we have to take care of him so uh the best way to take care of him is by winning football games and when you're sitting at eight and three in the bye you get you get a little bit more given to you i'll give you the week off nobody get arrested or you'll <laughs> never have a week off ever again That's, exactly yeah, i remember those um you guys are in a collision course with the green bay packers that's just the way it goes when you're in the nfc north they've been a rival obviously for a long long time what do you think who do you guys play this week oh we're on by this week okay so this is a time where you can self-reflect and look ahead have you gotten a chance to check out this aaron Rodgers, matt lafleur a revamped packers team from a hands-off standpoint now that you're on a bye week yeah i mean i, I think if you just you know from ten thousand feet look at the nfc as a whole um you got the 49ers the seahawks obviously the packers are in our division um there's a lot of really good teams in the NFC, the Saints down south. So in order for us to keep pace with all those teams in the NFC, uh, we want people to to come to U.S. Bank Stadium in January. We feel like we have a huge home field advantage. And in order to do that, the first way to do it is to win your division. So obviously, you know, we know Green Bay is, is coming here on Monday Night Football in December, a few weeks down the road. But um, you know, we have to keep stacking wins if we want to keep pace with them and everyone else in the NFC. What's the self-evaluation on the Vikings in this bye week right now? What are you guys saying about yourselves? What you got to get better? What you got to change coming out of the bye? Well, I think, you know, we've proven what works for us and we know our identity. Uh, I speak for us as an offense. Um, you know, it all starts with Dalvin. We got to run the football. But then I think this past week was huge for us because, you know, teams are smart. They're not going to just let us run the ball up and down the field with Dalvin down the stretch. They know that that's a big part of our offense. They're going to take it away. With that being said, you know, Dalvin was limited to 30 yards last week, and we were still able to rattle off four touchdowns and, and erase a 20-point deficit. So I think that gives our offense a ton of credit to know that, hey, if, if we have to throw the ball around and we got to win a shootout, then, then we can do it. We've done it before. Um, with that being said, I think the biggest thing that we're taking on this bye week is just – you know, when you have a week 12 bye week, you're ready for some time off. You need yeah. to mentally rest, recover, um, and also physically. 
Yeah, that's a late buy, which is good for the back half, or back quarter of the season. But Correct. going into that, like week seven, week eight, you're like, man, we still got another three, four weeks here before we get a little off time. Good for you yeah, guys. Our, our schedule kind of broke up nicely. Our, our Thursday night game was week eight. And as you know, with Thursday night games, they're kind of like that mini buy. You get those three days after on the back end. Um, so that kind of propelled us to this week 12 point now where now all we have left is December football. Well, all right, before I let you go here, uh, how cold is it in Minnesota right now? It's warmed up. Uh, we're back above freezing. Uh, so we, we hit a brutal stretch there for a couple weeks. Uh, we were even down in the teens at one point, which is about 20 degrees colder than normal November temperatures. Uh, but we're back up. I think we're actually supposed to hit the 40s this week, which is just balmy. Hey, <laughs> you guys. Never catch anything in Lake Minnetonka? Uh, yeah, I have. We, we did some ice fishing. Actually, when the Super Bowl was up here a couple oh. years back, I went mm. out and did some ice fishing and that's like the best gig ever. You think you think about ice fishing, you're like, I would never do it. Like, I'm not going to sit on a lake and freeze my ass off. But it's awesome. You just sit in basically what is a living room mm-hmm. in a trailer on the lake with cold beers and your shorts and a T-shirt. And there's like cameras down there showing you where all the fish are. Oh, didn't I didn't know there was cameras. I had a Lake Minnetonka miracle. I don't know if they still talk about it. I sat there for five hours in that trailer you're talking about. Couldn't pull a damn thing out of there until my last cast. I pulled a dolphin out. I pulled a marlin out. It's the biggest catch in, in recorded history on Lake Minnetonka. I love it. All right. Hey, man, I appreciate you so much. You're the best. Happy to see you guys thumping out there. The offense looks good. Excited to see you guys take on Green Bay on Monday night and see what you guys got cooking. Enjoy the bye week. Rest the body and the soul, brother. Thanks, Pat. Always a pleasure to be on. All right. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Rudolph. I like There's me doing the me YP. Sean Latham in there pulled out a marlin out of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> That's probably, what, a four-inch fish I pulled out of there, waited five hours to do it. Oh, we didn't have cameras. We didn't have cameras down there telling us where to fish. That's the difference between being one of the best tight ends in the game and being us. Okay, uh, tis almost holiday season. Tis almost Christmas movie season. Mm -hmm. And in the car this morning on the way over here, Zito said something I found a bit egregious, but I'm willing to hear the other side of it. Zito, it's almost Christmas movie season, which is my favorite time of year, by the way. Yes. I will give my top three movies. Zito, I would like to hear your top three and explanations of why, because in the car this morning, (laughs) while we thought we were being held hostage, you said something that made me almost break my neck when I looked at you. Zito, please, your top three Christmas movies. Yes, sir. So top three, I have Elf, Home Alone, Jingle All the Way, Audible Mention, Jumanji. (laughs) Elf... (laughs) Yes. Home Alone. Yes. All iconic movies. Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Mr. Sinbad. You're putting Jingle All the Way up there above. Let me tell you my top three that you put Jingle All the Way above. Okay? Let me tell you my top three. (laughs) You put it above Santa Claus, which is my number one. I knew you were going to pick that. Santa Claus is my number one. Tim Allen. Ho, ho, Zizho. <laughs> Charlie is a little stubborn kid. I agree. Yep. But I'm down with the Santa Claus. It's my movie. Okay? Number two, Jim Carrey's Grinch. Oh, oh nice. nice. You put Jingle oh. All the Way above Jim Carrey's Grinch. I want the doll. What? That was a quote from the movie, Jingle All the Way. What? You put that above the Grinch. And number three, Home Alone. We can agree with the Home that. Home Alone's good, yeah. McAllister and- family, worst parents in the history of parenting. Yep. I mean, those rich, snotty, snooty, 
bums of parents mm -hmm. left their kids home numerous times in a row. Kevin! Home Alone or Home Alone 2? I know Ty and I are agreeing uh, here. Two is, I think two is better. I love them two together. Two is my favorite. It's two New York? Yeah. I like New York a lot. Okay. I like the New York one a lot. But, I mean, the OG, the original, when he's, right. we must protect this house, <laughs> I am a big fan of. The shovel guy, that whole thing. Yep. Yep. But just so we're understanding, you put Jingle All the Way above the Grinch? I grew up as a Jingle All the Way. I, I took the Grinch off and Santa Claus just because I knew you guys would put on your list. No, no, I, no, I didn't no, want to no, steal no, it. That's not how it goes. And this is why we're potentially being held hostage by a, <laughs> a car committee. You said this, and I just completely stopped what I was doing. And I was like, if we're going down, I want to let everybody know that Jingle All the Way is no way. Oh, it's such a good movie. In no way better than The Grinch. No way better than The Santa Claus, the OG number one movie of all time. And I guess Home Alone, it's good that you have that up there. Thank you. That means a lot. But let's just like, keep in mind that I might have stopped the kidnappers because they were like, whoa, I don't want to kidnap these guys because they think Jingle All the Way is a top three Christmas movie. Did you ever see Elmo's or Furbo's? Fuzzies? Oh, that movie stinks. I don't know that. Gremlins. Movie. There it is. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> oh, good, By the way, sweet. people love Elf. Yeah. Love I think Elf. I hate Incredibly that. Incredibly overrated. Oh, oh, come on, guys. I don't like the El uh, Elf that much either. That's I like, my number one. I like Elf. I like Elf. If it's on and I'm in the mood and, you know, the Christmas lights are up over there and maybe there's a little bit of this going on and maybe there's some vitamins cooking and I'm laying down and the remote is not within arm's reach, mm -hmm. I'll watch it. Yeah. Okay? Hey, I buddy. know Santa! <laughs> I know that guy, that whole thing. I get it. I respect it. I like the story. Hey, but buddy. in zero, zero, zero percent chance I'm picking that over the Grinch or Santa Claus or Home Alone. No way. Elf's so far down the list, I've never even seen it. Oh, well, well, so you can't. So you're really. out of the convo. Well, no, I mean, no one's ever been like, hey, go to see Elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah everybody, everybody says, that. says that. That's the problem that I have with it. <laughs> and I Christmas think a big issue with Elf. Too, Whoa! Oh, hey, hey, you hey, hey, hey. Listen, the McAfee family didn't have a lot of traditions. I mean, we did not have a lot of traditions. I couldn't tell you one tradition that we had. But Christmas Eve at my grandpa's house down here in Forest Hills, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the only thing that was standard was one person was probably going to end up in jail at some point <laughs> in the next calendar year. And the other thing... Christmas Story was on the television. Now, granted, I was brainwashed into watching that movie. I, I, now I learn that. But I don't think it's that good of a movie. But it is a Christmas icon, the Christmas Story. Can, right. I, can I add something else, too? No. You you, you are not allowed to give your opinion. We're denying a person that the big show is in this movie. Hmm. <laughs> not a big deal. What other Christmas movie can well, you tell me? it's a big show. <laughs> By the way, for people that are listening... He meant Jingle All the Way. Like, oh, we were yeah. talking I'm about seven guy. other movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get back to the primetime games. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that. That Zito thinks Jingle All the Way is above The Grinch with Jim Carrey yep. and The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. By the way, The Santa Claus series, everyone except for the last one, I would put head and shoulders above Jingle All the Way. I like Jingle All the Way. Great movie. I think Underrated. The kid, the kid was a little spoiled prick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take, take it easy on your working dad, okay? <laughs> Just because the neighbor's a deadbeat and trying to fornicate your mom. <laughs> like, get out of here, dude. The dad, Arnold Schwarzenegger, is just trying to make the best living he possibly can for his family. Sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice some time at home. Don't let the deadbeat neighbor come in and start putting his penis and things. <laughs> I don't like that movie now. I hate it, actually. It's a bad message. <laughs> 
Let the kid work. Let the guy work. <laughs> That's the best part about those old movies. So many bad messages. Yeah, it's uh, bad. Let, let, God. Oh, he's working hard, so he's a bad guy? He could have made the karate lessons. I, I mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, heads up, kid. In about 20 years, that karate black belt you have ain't going to be worth a damn. There's going to be people that are doing jujitsu. As soon as you come up there to chop that piece of wood, they're going to chop your arm in half quicker than you could imagine. I hate that kid. I hate the wife, too. I don't like the wife. She was sending mixed signals to the neighbor. Mm -hmm. I agree. Hardworking guy. He's what in incredible shape too. So he, yeah, he works hard. He he works out hard. Keeps he his body tight for his wife. Oh. You're welcome, lady. <laughs> the neighbor though, he's a good actor, right? Very good actor. He's dead now, right? Oh right? no! Rest in peace to him. Jingle all the way stinks. He's <laughs> <laughs> what? Who was it? Who's the? I don't know. It's a very important guy. Like, whatever the name is said, it's like a big-time name. Rest in peace to him. But he's in nowhere near his shape that Arnold Schwarzenegger was in that movie. No way, yeah. He's trying to t trying to hit on his neighbor. Trying to swindle his way in. Why? Because you're at home more? Way to go, you accountant. Sick thing. Oh, Phil Hartman. Oh, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Rest in peace, Phil Hartman. Yeah. I, I knew he was an important guy. We lost him in 98. <sighs> Moment of silence, please, for Phil Hartman. I hate his character in Jingle oh! All the Way. I don't like his character in Jingle All the Way. What do you want from me? No, that's true. I like him in real life. Rest yeah. in peace. Rest in peace. We didn't have a moment of silence for his character in Jingle All the no, Way. No, 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 no. We had a moment of silence for the character in real life. Yeah, yeah, SNL, yeah. Yeah. Four primetime games this weekend with teams that have winning records, records squaring off against each other. This is a big-time weekend. Only the fourth time in a Super Bowl era. So what is this? Super Bowl 50... Something. You get it. It's been over 50 years. It's only happened four times. Now, the 4 o'clock game, 425 game, is not considered a primetime game. So everybody's saying it's only three with the Colts, Texans, Ravens, Rams, and the Niners, Packers game. But Cowboys, Patriots is at 425. It's the only game on television. That is what I like to call primetime, my friends. Especially when at 425 on a Sunday, just about everybody's at home in front of a television. If Buck and Aikman are calling it, it might as well be primetime. Might as well be. By the way, I like Buck and Aikman a lot. So do I. I think they get buried sometimes, but anytime you're on television talking, you're going to get buried. Oh, he doesn't like my team. Uh, he's biased against. He loves the Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys gave him millions and millions of dollars. He's probably a little bit biased, but what do you want from the guy? I think they do a good job calling a game. Yeah, so do I. Troy Aikman also has texted me a few times. So, friend of the show. Oh. Close friend. Joe Buck, also friend also of the show. Also friend of the show, yeah. Huh. huh. Mr. Buck. Interesting. Anyways, I polled the people. We are 4,000 votes into this thing. 37 minutes in with a 9% vote the Ravens at the Rams with a 23% vote Colts at Texans with a 26% vote Cowboys at Patriots and with 42% Packers at Niners Ty I know that's the one you're looking forward to most because you're an owner of one of the teams mm -hmm. what should people be looking forward to for the Packers Niners on Sunday Night Football well the Packers this is, uh, I mean, this is basically like the measuring stick game. Whether or not you agree with it, the the Niners are the class in the NFC right now, and this they have to go to San Francisco. That defense is very, very good, and they get after the quarterback. Typically this year, the two games the Packers have lost, Rodgers has been under pressure. He, the offense hasn't been able to get going. They've suffocated the run game. So it'll be very interesting to see what the Packers do because if they can put together a solid game plan and actually – be effective against that Niners defense, I think that gives you a lot more confidence going in for the rest of the season, thinking that they can beat anyone. And then on the flip side, the Niners, 
they, I mean, same deal. They haven't really played anyone yet, per se, in the game they did. You know, they lost. Yeah, exactly. And then, again, they're coming off last week where they really didn't play well. Arizona gave them all they could handle. So it'll be interesting to, to see how they respond to, like, a, a close game that kind of ended in a fluky uh, victory for them. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that those are, that's the class of the NFC right now. So we'll see. I talked to a player that played against the Niners defense, a friend of mine, good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And he said the way that they dominate other teams is on third down. They have a scheme that sets up every offensive lineman to be in a one-on-one situation with somebody, whether it's a linebacker that's been brought down to shade on the left uh, left guard or the right guard, depending on where their D linemen are. So if your offensive lineman can handle one-on-one pass blocking, then you're okay in third downs. If not, going to be a long day. And as soon as they find the one weakness, that's where they put the Bosa at and just let him go to work. So if you you can handle if your offensive line can handle one on ones. Third downs can be good for you, and if not, third downs can be catastrophic for you. Excited to see what the Packers and Lafleur do with that offense against that Niners defense. Yeah, it'll be very important that they get Aaron Jones going early because if they get to the point where Rodgers basically has to throw it on all three downs, I think they're going to get their asses kicked. Diggs, what game are you looking forward to most? Uh, Cowboys at Patriots. How come? I mean, you got America's old team versus some say America's new team. Yeah, but I think back, the the reason why the Cowboys are called America's team is because everybody liked them there for a while. Mm-hmm. I would assume they liked them because just like a pop song, they were put on national television. Yeah. So you kind of at beginning you hate them, then you like them, then you like them, like the Kardashians have done. And they're what much what's happening with me right now? I mean, <laughs> I am being forced on everybody at every time, and I think there's a lot of hate early, but they've come around a little bit. That's kind of what happened with the Cowboys. I don't know if there's anybody outside of New England that likes New England. No, I think these new millennial kids who just pick winners and follow. Them probably love the Patriots. So Foxy, maybe, how do you feel? Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm I a mean, Lions it, fan. He can't put me in well, there. No, he did pick them to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> True. Well, go on, you love money so much. Who do you who do you got? What do you think? But also, I think it's so we know that the Patriots defense is good. Yeah. I think we know that the Cowboys offense is good. So I'm looking forward to see if the Patriots offense or the Dallas defense steps up. I assume it's going to pa- be the Patriots offense because it's the best coach of all time versus probably the worst coach of all time. <laughs> but I, I mean, Jason Garrett just taking it's going to be exciting to see. I'm pumped up for Tom Brady and the boys to figure it out on the offensive side, which I think is going to happen. Tom looked miserable, miserable, depressed, sad, and then he posted a photo on his Instagram where he looked like a model, and it was a candid shot. And I, I almost commented on it. It, it. it felt like it's a blue checkmark brigade's job to comment under Tom Brady's post. So I almost got involved <laughs> in the action. I couldn't fathom just walking out of the house looking like that just on a standard day, which he does on an everyday basis. And Seeing that man that has accomplished everything in the sport, everything in life, and is incredibly attractive, be completely depressed after knowing that his offense has not been able to show up, at some point, that guy who has done all these things his entire life is going to get it going. And when that happens, good luck, good night. The Cowboys defense struggled against the Lions. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that Josh McDaniels and that big brain is going to do something that Jeff Driscoll is doing against the Cowboys. Tom looked incredibly antsy against the Eagles, but they get Isaiah Wynn back a tackle, which is going to be huge for them. So I assume he's going to – the offense automatically gets better with that game. Foxy, what game are you looking forward to? Ravens at the Rams, strictly because Lamar Jackson is must-see TV. The Rams only put up 17 points up against the Bears and 12 points up against the Steelers. This game could be a blowout, but we got to watch. Yeah, I know, but we got to watch Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Do you know, though? Do t- you know? On TV. <laughs> and also, I uh, can't wait to hear how Booger 
talks about the defensive line <laughs> trying to stop Lamar Whoa. Jackson. It's going to be great Monday Night Football. I think Booger knows his defense a bit. I, I think that's something he could kind of understand. Every once in a while, he'll say something that goes, oh, what are you doing? And I'll tell you what, on these Thursday night games, something will come out of my mouth, and as soon as it leaves my mouth, like it'll be a quiet moment in the booth. In my head, I'm like, Oh, that was the dumbest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when they're running the ball, you got to really hold on to that thing. <laughs> well, no crap. <laughs> Stuff. I obviously cannot wait for tomorrow night as the Colts of Indianapolis travel down to H-Town, Texas to take on the Texans. It's going to be an electric atmosphere. Every single time the Colts and Texans play, everybody knows that the AFC South is on the line. I played in a few of those Thursday night football games in Houston. It is magnetic in there. It is electrifying in there. Their fan base does not get enough credit for being a great fan base. They are. Houston Oilers leave town, go to Tennessee. Texans come back. That city, which is the fourth largest in America, they're reproducing, trying to become the third largest city in America. They are ready for prime time football. And the Colts have Jacoby Brissett back. Hopefully T.Y. Hilton's going to get back out there. Have not heard an update. That is not a news report. That is me just speculating and hoping. If not, Jordan Williams, a running back who we just found last week, is going to go off. Nahi Himes is going to go off. Ebron will hopefully catch the ball this week like he has been for a majority of his time with the Colts. Jack Doyle's going to get loose. Pascal's going to do well. And I think that defense led by Darius Leonard is going to put out. But they're taking on Deshaun Watson, the Michael Jordan of football. I think Thursday night football. Houston, Indy is going to be one for the ages and in the end just like it normally is in this particular rivalry Colts get the win and take the lead of the AFC South, (laughs) control of it Jacoby Brissett is going to prove once again that he's an MVP candidate, with him they beat Patrick Mahomes, without him they lose to the Dolphins and the Steelers I think Jacoby shows up on Thursday night, sorry Houston Texans, this is just the way it goes. So if it means anything, injury report for T.Y. did not practice Monday or Tuesday, nor did Eric Ebron. Did you love the Steelers over the Dolphins? You heard it. Mason Rudolph's your quarterback. (laughs) We interrupt this conversation to bring you a very important message. We're traveling on the road a lot, staying in a lot of uh, hotels, and the toughest part about that is not being in your own bed. We're on these stiff mattresses every night with these shitty pillows. You're lucky if you're not tossing and turning all night, you know, and if you're getting more than about two hours of sleep. That's why when we get home, we won't sleep on anything but Lisa mattresses. My Lisa mattress is one of my favorite things in the world. It's comfortable. It's cool. It's got a nice contour design that fits right to my body. And the best part is how easy it is to get the mattress. You don't have to go to some mattress store anymore. Talk to some salesman. He's fat, sweaty, sweating all over your uh, your bed, rolling around in it. You know, you got hair, pubes, you name it on the mattress. No, Lisa isn't about that. All you got to do, you go to their website, order the mattress. They'll ship it to you. You unbox that thing, and then boom, in about two minutes, that thing's ready to go. And I guarantee you're going to have the most incredible night of sleep of your entire life. Right now, Lisa's got their Black Friday sale starting early. If you go to lisa.com slash McAfee, you're going to get $350 off any mattress plus two free pillows. And these pillows are incredible. I use it every night. It's comfortable. It's cool. It's not flimsy. You're not going to sink right into the, uh, the mattress when you're using it. It's incredible. 
$350 off a new mattress and two free pillows when you go to lisa.com slash McAfee. Lisa Mattresses. Good people, better mattresses. Back to the show. The college football playoff committee put out their rankings for the third week, fourth week, third week, fourth week, whatever it is, you get it. And uh, I gave them my rankings yesterday during the day so that the 13 people that are in there doing the rankings could utilize my brain for their help. The NFL has already done this. The NFL just came out basically with the NFLPA and said next year, 17-game season, book it. Two buys, shorter preseason, games in Canada and all over, which is awesome. If you listen to this show, though, or to my podcast, we called this nine months ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm happy they put that plan in place because it's going to make the NFL better. One more game. Yes, players are going to have to stumble to the finish line. It's hard to finish the season with how injured you are. Add another bye week. Hopefully guys can get healthier. Hopefully it'll be able to help teams in the long run. More money. I mean, it's just better for the league. More football is good for us as talking heads, too. So go ahead and add two more weeks onto the schedule. We'll get a chance to chit-chat about the greatest game on earth for a little bit longer and talk about how the ratings are still going up. Let's assume that happens for next year. Now, for college football, I gave them my ratings yesterday. I said, let's have Ohio State at number one. The Buckeyes, who are hosting college game day this weekend that we will be at, who we are giving away eight primo tickets or a suite if it's available for the Big Ten Championship game at Luke Soil Stadium. And $1,000 spending cash for the boys. OH. I owe you a suite if you have (laughs) the best poster at College Game Day uh, on ESPN this Saturday. If it makes the air, it has to have hashtag for the brand on it to know that you're entered into the contest. The boys will be watching at home and judging. They will then relay the message to Zito or Foxy, who will go find the person at one, get the information, make sure you're all taken care of. $1,000 cash, suite at the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis, and a chance to make a lot of people laugh on the internet and on television. Mm-hmm. Have a good sign. Have a great sign. Just use hashtag for the brand on your sign so we know that's for us. Now, I had Ohio State at number one yesterday. I had LSU at number two, strictly because LSU gave up 614 yards to Ole Miss. 614 yards they gave up to a team that has won three or four games. Right. That's a lot of yards. So if your defense can give up that many yards, now granted, could have a bad week, could have had an off week. But we're supposed to rank these how we see them. I don't think Ohio State's defense is going to give up 614 yards against an Ole Miss or somebody else like that. I think Justin Fields is just as good as Burrow, although I believe Burrow is the Heisman winner because of what he's been able to do with LSU. I think Chase Young coming back is a different animal. I think Ohio State should have been number one. The college football playoff committee had LSU at number one. Correct. They had Ohio State at number two. And then the three and four, we had the same Clemson at three, Georgia at four. Now... After I started thinking about this, Clemson should be a three. Anyways, they're they're the reigning, defending, undisputed national champion of college football. Did they look impressive to start this whole thing out? No. They had a close game against North Carolina. Mac Brown's back, got the boys going hard. Sam Howell, quarterback down there, very talented freshman. I think North Carolina's going to be good for the long haul, but Clemson having a close battle with them comes down to a two-point play, basically, is what everybody remembers about this Clemson season. Even if they win by 90, people are going to be like, yeah, but early they were close with North Carolina. So Clemson's going to be in the Final Four. You just don't know where it's going to be. Have to be. Mm -hmm. Have to be in there. 
UGA at four. I got a lot of people criticizing me for UGA at four, and I assume the college football playoff committee is getting a lot of people criticizing them for uh, them at four. They lost to South Carolina. Now, granted, that was weeks ago, and their team has gotten hotter and better and all that stuff. They lost to South Carolina. That's their one loss. Alabama, who's at number five now in the college football playoff committee's rankings, is their only losses against the number one team the college football playoff committee has LSU so you could see how people would be like hey UGA loses to South Carolina Alabama loses to LSU you got UGA above Alabama a lot of confusing things there with this committee now everybody says Alabama is just sitting out there waiting they're a placeholder at five they can still control their own destiny but whenever you look at that it's hard if you're an Alabama fan not to be like Georgia loses to South Carolina we ain't never losing to South Carolina mm-hmm we lost the number one team in the country, according to your rankings, and you got us below Georgia. I don't think it really matters. I don't think it really matters right now. It's great fodder for conversation, but Alabama still controls their destiny, I believe. Pretty much, yeah. Now, at number six, you got Oregon, and then seven, Utah. Those two are going to collide, and that's going to cause a little bit of a shakeup. Will they jump into the top four? I'm not sure. A lot of things have to happen. At number eight, you got Penn State, who's playing Ohio State this weekend. If Penn State, who's number eight, beats number two Ohio State in the college football playoff. What do they do now? Just bump out the Big Ten completely and then it's everybody else in there? Or does Penn State automatically jump up a few because they've technically beaten, in my eyes, the number one team in the country, Mm -hmm. in their eyes, the number two team in the country? Pandemonium could potentially happen here. And then let's not even add on number nine, Oklahoma. They got to win the Big 12, but if they win the Big 12, are they in? Probably not. No, I think they're screwed. Because they lost to Kansas State, so that'll be recalled. Big win against Baylor, even though they were down on the ropes. Jalen Hurts bounces back after like three picks or something like that. Good football team. They got no shot to make it in the Final Four, though. And then number 10, Minnesota, who still controls their destiny and can make their way in the top four. Minnesota has Wisconsin. Winner will probably go to the Big Ten Championship. First, the winner of Penn State, Ohio State, with a chance of University of Michigan slipping in there. But if Minnesota wins out, goes to the Big Ten Championship, beats Ohio State or Penn State, they slip into the top four. What happens to Alabama or Georgia then? at that point nobody knows it's all like if if georgia beats lsu what happens to lsu if penn state or if ohio state loses in the big 10 championship and they only have one loss what happens to them because they're those teams are going to be one and two right now and then they have one loss is their one loss going to be better than alabama's one loss or georgia's one loss? yeah what if you're number one or number two you go into championship weekend and you lose there yeah then all of a sudden they're putting a team in the playoffs that just came off a loss which is a very interesting optically thing, but I just don't know how you would be able to do it. That's why, and this year we've dug deeper into college football than I have ever in the past. That's why I think college football is kind of cool. Every game counts until you lose one. And then once you lose one, you're just praying that everybody else loses one. Mm-hmm. And if no other team loses one, now you've got to have quality losses on your schedule that you could potentially make it in there. I think it's going to be pandemonium coming down the stretch where this college football playoff committee has no chance of getting it right. That's why it has to be the five conference mm-hmm. champions with three at-large bids. Let them figure out who the three at-large bids are. Let the conferences figure out who the champions are. Put them in there, three at-large. Now we got an eight-team playoff. More football, just like the NFL. More everything. It's better. It's time to make a change. It's beautiful. That would be a beautiful thing. I think they put Alabama at five because Alabama now will not play in the SEC championship because LSU will play from the west, and Georgia's probably going to play from the east. So if LSU, or sorry, if Alabama just beats Auburn, they have no other losses, then you, how do you drop them out of four with no other losses? When their only loss is to yeah. LSU. That's the I big think problem. I think it gives them some wiggle room if they put them at five. And then Oregon's at six over Utah, and the head of the college football playoff committee is the Oregon yeah. 
Athletic director or Oregon yeah, president? athletic director. And they say anytime Oregon comes up in conversation, he leaves the room. Well, why is the head of a committee leaving the room for any conversation? <laughs> <laughs> that, I, like, I understand that you got your hand in a cookie jar there, but there's a reason you're the head of the committee. You're supposed to be able to separate yourself from that type of thing. Automatically, they know that he could be biased, which means everybody else in the room could be biased, which really makes me question the whole damn process. Well, and it just it reinforces what they think about the SEC because Oregon's only loss was to Auburn, who... Week one. Yeah, exactly. Week one, who... They're good, but they're not great. They're not in the top 12, but that is a good enough loss in the committee's eyes that if they win the the Pac-12, there's a good chance they're going to get in. And Oregon led that entire game, and then Auburn had that incredible comeback. So, like, is is a week one loss less than a week 12 loss? I would assume it is less than... Because that's like Georgia, right? Georgia lost to South Carolina a month and a half ago or whatever. They've gotten better and hotter. Now, granted, they were very close with Kentucky. I don't know if that Mm -hmm. gets factored in there. But, yeah, and what should be remembered here is this committee is not affiliated with ESPN or with Fox or with anybody or NBC. They're their own independent committee. And I think sometimes that kind of leaks into the people that cover the sport. They automatically assume that like old Herb Street's pulling the strings over there mm-hmm. or or maybe old Urban Myers pulling the strings over there. If any of those guys were, you would see, I would assume, a different setup because they just want good games because they're television people. But for us, for me, I think where they got it wrong, Ohio State should be the number one team. That's that. That's just what I think. But does it matter? They're number two, and LSU's number one. Not really. I, I mean, uh, at some point, you're gonna have to beat everybody to get in. Yeah, but I would rather not play Clemson my first game of the college football. I playoff. agree. Who played Clemson last last year in the Notre first Dame. one? Notre Dame. And what was the score? <laughs> a lot to a little. Yeah, they got molly whopped. Yeah, legit. Yeah. Nobody even remembers that Notre Dame was in that playoffs because of how bad it was. And I think Notre Dame's even trying to be like, yeah, we weren't even there. <laughs> I, th- I think Ohio State probably jumps to one if they win against Penn State, against Michigan, against Minnesota. Those yeah. are three great wins. Or Wisconsin. Or Wisconsin. Or Wisconsin. Yeah. I think Minnesota's going to start rowing the boat again. I mean, they had that one in Iowa, and they just gave it away. Sometimes you need that to, you know, row the boat in the correct direction again. Now, granted, yeah, sometimes you got to hit an iceberg. <laughs> To get the boat back on track. <laughs> exactly. All aboard! All aboard. <laughs> That's a train, I think. <laughs> I believe that is a train. <laughs> That's on me. I'm a little off my game today. You are. Hey, Zito is off his game today. I'm going to boss. By the way, I thought we were getting... Um, what was that held hostage this morning? Oh, <laughs> we were. I thought we were... We got picked up at the airport, driven over here. Do you have them? <laughs> yes. I am the, the captain now. The guy had a phone call with whoever set this thing up, his boss or whatever, and I think he thought it was just on uh, on the phone. It was on speaker, clearly, but he held it up to his head, and he was like, I picked them up. <laughs> and the other person on the other side was like, excellent. That was his actual answer. Yeah. Excellent. He said, I will deliver them now, was his words, and he said, excellent. And then hang up, and we're, we're all sitting in there with no music on, like, hey, we can hear you. <laughs> Only bad guys use the word excellent. excellent. Like <laughs> and the guy on the other side of the phone only said the same word two times. That was the entire... Co- excellent. I have picked them up. Excellent. I will drop them off. Excellent. <laughs> Hang up. I let him know, though, talking amongst the boys, that he could be an earshot. I said, hey, I just want to let you guys know, I'm going down swinging. <laughs> Somebody's going to catch a four to five piece if that's happening. Foxy goes right on cue. I'm going down sprinting. <laughs> Rule number one, got to be faster than the slowest person in the group. See you, Z. Uh-huh, I got quick feet, but never mind. Who do you think you're... Hey, who is the slowest person in this group? Tony, probably. Wow. 
Diggs was a D1 athlete. I was a D2 athlete. It's juicy. I mean, <laughs> we've raced outside the office before. See, you know, the good thing about you, though, is if Are you're we the, racing right after this? If you're the yes. slowest person, though, Z, uh-huh. and they hold, hold you hostage, like, they're just going to give you up <laughs> at some point. You I'm going to take them hostage. <laughs> I respect uh, Normally, we do notable news with Nick. Nick is not here. He's back in Indianapolis. So, notable news with Diggs. Is there anything that we missed today that we should have talked about? Yes. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is not happy with the NFL. Why not? He tweeted out, I done had five random HGH blood tests in 10 weeks at NFL. I'm not doing another after today. Whatever y'all looking for, it obviously ain't there, and I'm not about to keep allowing y'all to stick me with those dirty ass needles. Find the players who really do that HGH BS and get off me. Okay, so this is something that was instituted a few years back. Okay, they always tested randomly for performance-enhancing drugs. Your annual drug test was for street drugs, so the marijuanas, the ganjas, the things along of that nature. You get tested once a year. It's your annual test. It starts April 20th, hilarious, 420, all the way through the end of the first week of training camp. If you get tested on 420, you'll never get tested again until next year's annual test. If you get tested in the last week of training camp, you'll never get tested again until the next year of annual testing. That's for street drugs. The performance-enhancing drugs, though, they test all year round. They say it's random. I think I legitimately was the first person to come out swinging on the randomness mm-hmm. of the drug test because I had a big year, a good year. I put a kickoff into the stands. I got drug tested the next day. I averaged like 50-some a punt. I got drug tested the next day. I attempted a 64-yard field goal, missed it wide left. I got drug tested the next day. So I started posting it because I had zero fear that I was going to fail any tests, mm-hmm. mostly because if I took my shirt off at any given moment, <laughs> they wouldn't need my piss. They would take a look at it and go, ah, this guy ain't on nothing. <laughs> the legs of a Greek god, the upper body of an adolescent. That was my entire career. That's the way it goes. So when I was getting tested, I was upset about it. Then they added the HGH test because they had heard... You see, what had happened was they had heard that people were taking HGH. That became a big discussion because the human growth hormone is a level in your body. And nobody knew what the baseline of the HGH was going to be. So the NFLPA was like, well, let's assume that the HGH level or the human growth hormone level of professional athletes and NFL players is much higher than that of a standard civilian. So that was a give and take for a while. Because they were like, well, if we test for it and we don't know what the levels are, what are we comparing it to? Because whenever they test other things, they're checking it comparing to what a normalcy is. So if it's above that, obviously you're taking something. So that was a battle. Then I don't know if they ever figured it out. All I do know is that they continue to test for it. And I ain't never heard of anybody failing for HGH, ever. I don't even know if they know how to fail somebody for HGH. I just think that the NFL has to test for HGH because they've heard about it. The fact that Le'Veon Bell has been tested five times this year already, I did not know that because it's it's a smaller percentage than even the random PED tests that get tested for HGH because they got to bring a nurse in. They literally draw your blood. It's a whole t- entire process. And granted, some people are very scared of needles. Okay, Whenever I give blood or whatever, I'm damn near passing out every time. To have to do that five weeks in a row can probably get a bit annoying. I would assume Le'Veon Bell's done with it. But also, I think if I'm Le'Veon Bell, I'm thinking these tests are a waste of time. Has anybody failed for this? No, you're only doing this to cover up so you could say you're testing for HGH. What are we doing? Because I don't even know if there's a base level that they can compare it to to fail somebody. So it's almost a waste of time. I could see how Le'Veon Bell is upset with it. I said the only way that you could get a base level for HGH is if 
you you tested them randomly at the beginning of the season, and it was at one level. Yeah, and you then, would have to compare it yes. to uh, the same person because Correct. I think everybody has a different one. That's why some people are seven foot tall. That's why some people are very short. That's why some people are wider. I think your human growth hormone is one that is different in every single body. That's where the problem lied whenever the NFL said we're going to start testing for this. The NFLPA was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Mostly because I think a lot of people that were representing the NFLPA were potentially on it. But I think also from a scientific fashion, I think they said, hey, I would like to hear about whose level you're testing me against. Because if you're just comparing me to average old Zito versus Cliff oh. Averill's human growth hormone level, you would assume, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, there was quite a battle on what the level is for failure. And I, I might be wrong here, but I have not heard of anybody failing for HDH. I've not heard of it. And they've been doing it for years. And let's assume that somebody in there is doing it. By the way, I've heard it's the fountain of youth. So I say. Whenever we were in the locker rooms, whenever HGH became a topic of conversation, it was the first introduction for a lot of us into what HGH was. We're like, we're testing for what now? They're like, uh, it's called HGH, human growth hormone. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, what does that do? And they're like, well, you don't want this stuff. <laughs> makes you recover faster. <laughs> it makes you leaner. It makes you faster. It does all you, but you don't want this stuff. It's like, who's taking that? They're like, we think a lot of older heads in the league are taking it. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, it's like the fountain of youth. I'm like, well, as soon as I retire, I want to let you know I'm finding Mr. HGH, and I'm ingesting all that I can. Much harder to find from what I found out, by the way. But apparently they're not finding any in Le'Veon Bell either, and he's about done with it. But for me, seems like a bunch of BS to me. I don't know if they found any in anybody. Well, and it's not really like a, a performance-type deal, is it? Because it's yes. not like he's going out there and having outrageous numbers. I mean, so it's not like they're like, oh, you're, you know, you're playing too well. True. We need to test this guy. But it is definitely a performance. From what I've been told, HGH makes you recover faster. It makes you uh, not get sore. It makes like It's like the fountain of youth is what people say. Right. So definitely performance. Just not statistical. Yeah. A lot of people assume that whenever people come back from injury a lot faster than what they're supposed to, it's this particular drug. I learned about it strictly off of whenever they announced it was being tested. I was like, wait. Wait a minute. It's like when the deer antler spray came out. I'm like, what does that do? Like, ah, oh, it does all this. Stuff. I'm like, damn. Good for Ray Lewis finding mm -hmm. dead deer on the side of the road and inhaling the side of the antlers. <laughs> Thank you so much to the incredible guests that joined us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Tweet us your top three Christmas movies. I think I'm right. Zito thinks he's right. Foxy's a millennial, so you know what he thinks. Ty Schmidt came hammering down. What's your top three? I don't know if you gave yours. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, and then I did Home Alone 2, and then Christmas Vacation. See, oh. I've never seen Christmas Vacation, so that is uh, something that pr people will probably bury me for. That's on me. Tweet us your top three. If I like your top three more than I like my top three, I'll give you some merch. Tweet us. We can't thank you enough for listening. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on and talking that good shit. We'll be back tomorrow with some more incredible guests and more conversation to launch you into an incredible weekend. College game day, Saturday in Columbus. Remember, if you want to have your sign entered in for the suite at the Big Ten Championship plus $1,000 spending cash, put hashtag for the brand. If it makes it on air and the boys voted as the best sign, you will win. Before we go, whether you're an athlete, weekend warrior, or someone looking to get back into the game of life, finding a program that pushes you to grow physical and mentally might seem out of reach. Most fitness apps focus on weightlifting workouts or six-pack abs, and wellness apps just don't challenge you enough. I have a solution for you. 
It's inspired by training techniques and lifestyle habits of big wave surfer Laird Hamilton and former pro athlete Gabrielle Reese. XPT is a performance lifestyle rooted in the most basic yet powerful human trait, the ability to adapt. Challenge yourself with XPT's comprehensive Breathe, Move, Recover curriculum designed to stimulate growth in all aspects of human performance. This revolutionary program elevates the quality of your everyday life and reduces stress by using breath-centric performance training and recovery to give you the power to break physical and mental boundaries in everything that you do. Become the best you. XPT is offering you access to this revolutionary training XPT is offering you access to this revolutionary training program for free. What? With the launch of the new XPT app, your best self, mental resiliency, and a collective tribe are just a few clicks away. Just go to xptlife.com forward slash America to download the app today. That is xptlife.com forward slash America and download the app today and live limitless. Breath-centric training techniques that change your entire life and break down physical and mental boundaries that you've set on yourself for free. XBTLife.com forward slash America. I'm doing that shit today. Listen, I I am going to start with this. It sounds like for the breath-centric things, that's like how you relax and calm your body. Mm -hmm. And then I assume that there's other training techniques in there so I'm not as fat as I'm getting right now. (laughs) xptlife.com forward slash America has come at the perfect time. Not only is spring right around the corner, but we got like a month before Christmas pictures happen. You can do a lot of good work here. Now, granted, Thanksgiving's going to knock you the fuck out. I mean, that's just going to happen. But with xptlife.com forward slash America by Laird Hamilton and Gabrielle Reese, I think we got a chance to really do something here. I'm going to get started. You should too. And speaking of started, this is ending, this show. I hope it's been a pretty good one. Yeah, tweet us and tell us your top three Christmas movies. Ty Schmidt, play some independent music, please.